That Friday night started off like a pretty normal Friday night. Andrea and I were living in Sanford, Florida, near Orlando. We're planning to go out for dinner together, maybe do a little shopping before turning in. So we got into our little 91 Dodge Spirit and started motoring down Lake Mary Boulevard looking for a place to eat. It was Orlando Metro. There were more restaurants than Disney has Dalmatians. So as we were driving, we saw police everywhere. Police cars with lights flashing, sirens blaring, police officers and sheriff's deputies on foot. We even saw a helicopter circling ahead, shining its spotlight down below. I didn't need a police scanner to know the police were looking for somebody. We dined, we shopped, and it was time to come home and turn in. So we pulled back into our apartment complex, and even after hours of what appeared to be a manhunt, law enforcement was still everywhere. I'm guessing the good guys were still looking for the bad guy. I parked in front of our apartment building and got out of the car, and when I came over to Andrea's side, I heard some rustling in the woods just behind our apartment. I told her, I just I heard something. It sounds like something or someone is in the woods. She thought I was just trying to scare her, but I was scared myself. I wouldn't do that. Suddenly, I saw what I heard. A young man, early to mid-twenties, wearing jeans and a dark t-shirt, walked out of the woods and into the clear right behind our apartment building. He was hunched down like he was trying to slink through the woods unnoticed. But when he made it to the clearing, I saw him stand straight up and stare straight at me. All the police cars, all the spotlights, all the canines, it all started to make sense. You're the bad guy the good guys are looking for. Fifty to a hundred heavily armed, highly trained police officers and deputies, canine units, helicopter units, they're all looking for this one guy. And here I am, 150 pounds soaking wet with a wallet filled with coins, and I haven't won an arm wrestling contest in 10 years, and I'm looking at the guy. He's looking at me. And worse yet, he's looking at Andrea. I've got to do something. I don't know if Andrea saw him, so I just mumbled to her that we need to get out of here quick. So we moved toward the trunk of the car, opened it up like I didn't see the guy, grabbed our things. It was like, what a nice night, nothing abnormal at all. Trying to be cool, nonchalant, everything's all right with the world. But inside I was screaming, help! We grabbed our things, walked toward the stairs, and when we reached the stairs, I told Andrea, run! We scurried up the stairs, and we got to our apartment. I pulled out the key so fast it would make John Wayne applaud. I turned the key in the lock, threw open the door, slammed the door, and I beelined for the phone. I dialed 911. 911, what's your emergency? I think I found the the guy you're looking for. I'm sorry? The guy, the guy you're looking for with all the police and helicopters and dogs. I think I found him. I live at 6207 Tenley Terrace. I saw a guy hunched over walking through the woods. He's medium built, 5'10", wearing blue jeans and a dark T-shirt. I think I found him. I was so proud. I'm going to help nab this guy. Maybe they'll give me a medal. Name a street after me. L.J. Way. Give me a key to the city. Dispatch asked me. Is he still there? I I, I, I don't know. I I, I think so. I, I saw him. Then we walked out of sight with amazing calm, I might add. Ran up the stairs to our apartment. I called you. Can you go outside and see if he's still there? I, I, I'm sorry. I, I think you were breaking up there for a second. What did you ask me to do? Can you go outside and see if he's still there? I'm no trained 911 dispatcher, but is it safe for me to go outside to look for a man the police are looking for and all I have is a cordless phone? Excuse me, Mr. 'er Ne'er-do-well, are you still out here? Because I have 911 on the line right now and they want to know if it's okay to come by and arrest you.
I didn't go outside. I don't know if the police ever caught their man. I don't know what he did to warrant such a warrant that would send half the police force and sheriff's office looking for him, but it's safe to say it wasn't safe to be outside whenever he was around. A good day to you, Simplify listeners. Happy Easter Sunday to you. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to The Untold Story on Simplify. It wasn't safe to be outside when Barabbas was around. When people saw Barabbas prowling around their neighborhood, they locked their doors and they kept their kids close. Barabbas was known for furnishing his home with the stolen furnishings of others. But at some point, he grew tired of the Romans telling him what taxes to pay and what to do, and he decided to make them pay, so he joined a revolution. And Barabbas spiraled from just taking things to taking lives until the Roman soldiers caught him and his compadres and threw them in prison. Rome took revolution seriously. Barabbas was sentenced to death because of his crimes. Historians tell us a prisoner could look out the small window in the cell and see Mount Calvary. So while they waited, they watched others crucified. Barabbas was just days, maybe minutes, away from being led away and crucified himself, just like others he had watched. He may have even known today was the day. The Jewish holiday Passover was coming, and Rome would close down for the holiday weekend and reopen for business next week. If you walked into that prison that day, you could feel the hopelessness and heaviness of a man condemned to die. There was no bank wall calendar for him to count down the days. As far as he knew, every breath he took was a gift. But suddenly he heard footsteps. Roman soldiers opened up the door to the prison and started to make their way down the corridor between the cells. The company of soldiers came to his cell and stopped. One of them pulled out a ring of keys that would make a janitor jealous, turned the key in the lock. And this was it. And he knew it. He had seen his last sunrise. He would be dead by sunset. That's why he couldn't believe his ears when the soldier gruffly told him, Barabbas, you're free to go. Barabbas couldn't have dreamed in a million sunsets he would ever be free again. What do you mean? You're free to go. How? A man named Jesus took your place. Jesus Christ and Barabbas didn't belong in the same sentence, much less deserve the same sentence. While Barabbas was slinking around, stealing and killing, Jesus was cleansing lepers and giving a man born blind his sight, resurrecting a preteen daughter and a widow's only son from the dead, healing the lame, casting out devils, forgiving sins, changing lives, all for the better. But for all the good he did, Jesus was arrested, falsely accused, stood trial before Pilate. Pilate could have snapped his fingers and set him free, or... He could snap his fingers and have him crucified. But after listening to all the testimony and after interrogating Jesus himself, Pilate cast this profound and true verdict. There is no fault in this man. When the crowd heard his decision, they were incensed. No fault? How could he say that? So they screamed louder as if they thought the volume of their voice would increase the validity of their argument. They were out for blood and Pilate didn't know why, but he desperately wanted a way out. So he mined his mind for the most notorious criminal he could find, and he found him, Barabbas. Okay, it's your custom that every Passover I release a prisoner to you. Well, I have a prisoner, and you have a choice. Pilate even tried to sway the vote. He put his thumb on the scale. You remember Barabbas, don't you? He robbed some of your own. He even killed some of your own. Surely you remember him. 
Would you like me to release this robber, murderer, scallywag, rapscallion Barabbas back on your streets to rob and kill again? Or would you like me to release to you Jesus, this man who has done nothing wrong? Pilate was shocked when they clamored for Barabbas. Maybe they didn't hear the question, so he asked again, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Once again, they clamored for Barabbas. One of the men that morning would go free, and the other would go to Golgotha to die. When given the choice between Jesus and Barabbas, they chose to free Barabbas and crucify Jesus. So as Roman soldiers pushed Jesus to drag a rugged cross to be crucified atop Mount Calvary, another company of soldiers marched to Barabbas' cell, unlocked his chains, and set him free. In a very literal sense, Jesus died so Barabbas could live. Jesus died in Barabbas' place. If you close the book on the story, it appears Jesus lost and Barabbas won until you realize Jesus did not have to die. He was not just another casualty of Roman cruelty. When the authorities came to arrest him, Jesus did not run for his life. Each time Pilate gave Jesus the opportunity to defend himself, Jesus stood as silent as a sheep before his shearer. When the witnesses could not get their story straight, Jesus could have straightened them out, but he didn't. Jesus could have winked. He could have whispered. And thousands of angels would have swooped down, rescued him, and left everyone to wonder where the wonder worker went. Jesus did not die because he had no way out. Jesus died because we had no way out. If Jesus lives, Barabbas dies. But if Jesus dies, Barabbas lives. Now, if that sounds familiar, it should. If Jesus lived, we die. But because Jesus died, thank God we can live We were born sinners with no hope of being right with God, in fact, at war with God. We were hopeless and helpless, unable to save ourselves from even one single sin. But one day, the Almighty God of glory came from heaven to Bethlehem, lived among us, walked with us, and died for us. And because he died in our place, we can live. Because he exchanged heaven for earth one day, We will exchange earth for heaven because he went into the grave and he came out one day by the grace of God, by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Even if we go into the grave at the sound of a trumpet, we're coming out. Now that, my friends, is amazing grace. Grace with the power to rewrite the rest of our story, to forgive our past and change our future. But I want to go back to the story and I want to ask, what happened to Barabbas? Did he stand in the courtyard and watch this innocent man suffer one stripe after another in his place? Did he watch Jesus carry Barabbas' cross down the street and up the mountain? What happened to Barabbas? Or did he reunite with his buddies to plan their next heist? Or did he follow behind the crowd as they followed behind the Christ toward Calvary? Did Barabbas kneel at the cross and thank the one who died so he could live? Did Barabbas walk with Jesus or did he walk away? We have no Bible, no credible history. For the end of Barabbas' story, we have no way to know what happened to Barabbas. But not so with us. We're still writing our story. Just as sure as Jesus died for Barabbas, Jesus died for you. He did not just die for the world. He died for you. I wish I knew what happened to Barabbas, but we don't. He fades away into the background and exits stage left as Jesus takes center stage on the center cross. But the question is not really what did Barabbas do with the grace God gave him. 
The question is, what will we do with the grace God is giving us? How will we write our story? How will you write your story? Will you walk with Jesus or will you walk away from him? I pray from this day on, we will live for Jesus because Jesus died for us. And would you pray with me and let's ask God to help us to thank him first off for that great, amazing grace and then ask him to help us no matter what has or has not happened in our lives Let's pray that God would help us to walk with him for the rest of our lives, to walk and live for the one who lived and died for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your grace, grace that took our place, grace that led you to Calvary so you could die so we could live. I thank you for that amazing grace. God, I want to live for you the rest of my life. I want to give you all I have. You have been so good to me. You have been so gracious, so merciful so faithful. Help me, help everyone listening to this podcast, help all of us to live our lives for the glory of God, to walk with you, to know you. Thank you, God, for everything you've done. And Jesus, from here on out, for all those who are not walking with you, lead them to walk and live for you, I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Simplify listeners. People ask the question all the time, what makes Christianity different from every other world religion? It's the fact that the God of our religion loved us enough. He came. He died so we could live. He exchanged his life for ours, and he came out of the grave. He's the almighty God. There is none beside him, none above him, none like him. I pray from this day forward, you will live your life for him. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast and you won't miss any episode. In fact, I'm getting ready to go into a series on the Ten Commandments. I'm going to share a few excerpts from the book Ten Words, which I've written. And so continue to subscribe and share, and we will continue to grow in our faith and walk with Jesus. Also, head over to Pentecostal Publishing House. You can pick up a copy of Ten Words or Simplify, either one or both. You can get those at PentecostalPublishing.com. Use promo code SIMPLIFY at checkout. And if you've not used it before, you can save 10% off your entire order. You can also get Simplify on Audible, and you can pick up Simplify in 10 words for Kindle at Amazon.com or the Amazon app. Next week, as we continue walking through, we just walked out of the book of beginnings, and now we're walking a little through the book of Exodus, and we have found ourselves in the middle of a wilderness, standing at the foot of the mountain. And I want to share with you the very first of the 10 words that God shared with Moses to share with all of us. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.